0: Amen. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Uh, If you're joining us online for our live stream, thank you so much for doing that. We've got links on our website for you to be able to connect in as well and let us know how we can serve you or if you're just joining in uh, for this uh, service for the first time. You've never been a part of Refort Community Church or in service with us. We'd love to to know who you are. We'd love to be able to connect with you a little bit better. it's been a uh, it's already been a great start to the month of June uh, there's a lot of different things that are coming up uh, I want to encourage you as parents especially um, our kids camp our student ministry camp we have got several things that are coming uh, around the corner we've got meetings happening pretty often so um, if you will just kind of listen out look out for some of the some of the new announcements and, and new information that will hit on some weeks but uh, just try to be everywhere you can uh, and when you can't be there just let us know so we can get the information that you need to you. Uh, because we know a lot of traveling and stuff is going on Uh, a lot of families i think are catching up a little bit from last year maybe maybe you missed a little bit of vacation time last year and you're going to have a chance um, sometime during 2021 to catch up on that so as you do um, if you have a chance let us know you're traveling we certainly pray for folks that are going to be on the road and on the highways and going longer distances Uh, We just like to pray for our church family to have grace as you're getting away, and just that everything really calms down enough for you for you to get some peace and rest. Uh, We we try to devote some prayer time towards that. So if your family um, is going to get that, especially you know you need it, um, we would we would appreciate that opportunity to be able to really pray for you. Um, This morning we're going to be going back a few chapters in the book of Acts. Um, We're going to be heading backwards just a little bit. Uh, We have. Left off, we're, we're now moving through the teens, uh, but we're actually going to go back this morning into chapter six uh, for just a few moments. So if you have a Bible, uh, feel free to turn there to Acts chapter six, that's where we'll start. Or uh, if you have it on a device, uh, scroll or roll or swipe or whatever it takes to get to that page. Um, but want to encourage you to be really looking at God's word. Um, it was uh, two parents. Um, I want to encourage you, while this summer's going on, I didn't have a chance to, I didn't say anything about it in our announcements. Uh, our summer calendars are back there for our students. Uh, I get to be a youth leader on Sunday afternoons and hang out some activities. We, um, Ethan took the whole group. Uh, everybody was able to go to a grasshoppers game last night. It was a lot of fun. They did fireworks after it. Uh, right in the middle of the fireworks, I mean, they were amazing. Um, I think the grasshoppers may rival most cities just on their normal July 4th. Um, but in the middle of it, it's just, I mean, everything's exploding. It's so bright. It looks amazing. I stopped, and I thought, this must be what it's like every time my wife looks at me. Um, and I was, I was just like, I get it now. I just like, it, this, it, you know, God moved in my spirit at this baseball game. And uh, so next time you go there, just look at it. Look up in the sky, and you're like, somebody sees me just like this. Okay, this is what happens. Um, back, to, back to honesty, uh, God's word. Uh, Acts chapter 6. We're specifically going to be in this part of Acts in seven verses, and we're going to be talking this morning. And you'll, you'll not just get some, some message content this morning, but you're also going to be able, as a church family, to see some things that are going on and, and, and where um, we're starting some newness in a few areas. Um, but let's, let's dive in here to Acts chapter 6 to really kind of ground ourselves in the Word of God to see what happens. Now, um, remember, the book of Acts is God working through People to reveal himself on this earth. Um, many times we, we hear and we see noted in our Bible that it's the Acts of the Apostles. The, the, the hero of the story of Acts it, are not those 12. It's not the, the, the increasing number of people that are saved and really begin to live their life for the Lord. Um, the hero of Acts is still Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit who is really Jesus in us. We have a chance not just to, to live for Christ, but live with him. Um, for him to be at home in us. So the things that we see, some of them transfer directly. Um, Some of them we can take for great learning experiences and see what God is doing in the moment and season that we live in as well. So going through the book of Acts is is really a a careful walk to make sure that we accurately really understand the word of God and and how do we apply it. So we're going to talk about um, something that that came up as a challenge starting here in verse 1. We're going to see that right away. Uh, in those days as the disciples were increasing in number. So there's, there's the prompt. The Word of God is spreading. People are devoting their hearts to Him. People are being saved. The Holy Spirit is coming into lives. The number of people are increasing. That's the prompt of the situation. W- what does it look like when growth happens? Growth is great. I, and I think in our minds we all think, yeah, we always want to be a part of something or some place or some organization that's growing but with growth there comes challenges I think we all would say we want to be part of a growing body of Christ a growing church but through this moment something arose as we continue reading this verse um, there arose a complaint by the Hellenistic Jews against the Hebraic Jews that their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution now I don't know how and if you've just started going to church um, I, don't, I don't want to disappoint you. I don't want to break the dream, okay? I don't want to sully the dream for you. But occasionally, at churches, someone will complain about something. I know it's rare. It's, it's super, like you've probably been a Christian for like 80 years, and you've just never seen it, okay? Like it's super, super rare that people, and, and, and honestly, it's not even just, sometimes there's a single one. Sometimes two people on rare occasion will even disagree. I'm going to let you catch your breath for a second, okay? Because I know it may have just rocked your world a little bit, okay? Now, here's, here's the beauty of the kingdom of God. God doesn't save already perfected people. We're called to grow in Christ. The illustration that is used for growth is, is in the Bible, typically starts, at, starts an infant, works to older adult. Sometimes it starts just as, as seed, and progresses to full-bloomed plant bearing fruit. Okay, so those are the two most popular images of growth in the Word of God. So within that understanding, we realize that this is going to be a journey. Well, in that journey, if you just take the example of baby to grown adult, um, there's there's growing pains, uh, there's fusses, there's fighting, there's there's a lot of that stuff. Uh, I would even say if if you if you haven't been part of a church long um, Really pray that the Lord, as He grows you, will give you um, really the patience that you need to be part of a church, um, because at times you you may you may really brush up against someone and disagree, or you may even maybe even get your feelings hurt, um, and and something can come up in conflict. But I'll be honest with you that that happens every place I've ever been. Uh, And In fact, if you don't believe me, you follow me around for 24 hours, you'll be amazed at the place that that I can run into conflict. I I, I think it comes and finds me. But the Word of God is is this source of truth that shows us not just how to live as me and myself and how I make decisions, but how we can get over these things and work through these things together. I mean, there is the most simplistic, best advice that you could ever get For peacemaking and conflict resolution within the word of God. Because if Jesus is Lord, the Holy Spirit reigns in our lives. When that is a commonality between two people, then they have the greatest source of agreement that they could ever have. And the beauty of it is it's a source of agreement that is bigger, beyond, and above themselves. It's the most incredible motivation. Now, within this, though, I want, to see, I want you to see something, because I think this really helps us. What's this disagreement? Who's, who's it really between? These Hellenistic, these are Greek-speaking Jews. These are people that were not very likely born into this nation of Israel, this people of God that we read about in the Old Testament. They would have gone through a religious purification process, an educational process, to really begin to follow the Lord and understand the God that these other Jews worship and to really be able to seek him. The, the other ones are Hebraic Jews. These, these, are, these are Jews that by lineage, by birth, were birthed into this family that God had been revealing himself to over the course of history. You say, well, yeah, I can maybe kind of see where if they have really some cultural differences that there could be some disagreement I want to propose this to you these are all these are all according to this passage disciples all people that f- were following Jesus that were living for him living with him and but they had what we would call some natural groupings I don't even want to say difference I want to say natural groupings because within a church body natural groupings exist that's why, as, as, as we send our students out to, to do activities together, between certain age ranges, we want them to be together, to build relationships, because if you take 6th grade to 12th grade, I mean, yeah, 6th grade to 12th grade, and you just move, and with, with a little bit of bleed on either side, if you just move that generation throughout adulthood, think about all the seasons of life that they will be able to go through together. So we want them naturally grouped. For some people, it's, um, it, it's your career. At our church, we've seen growth because people work at certain office buildings and companies and, and, and in a certain industry. And, and because they're around those people so often, they invite them to church, to church services. We are the church. They invite them to services of the church. And they really connect in there. So, so there exist sometimes natural groupings among the church. But what doesn't, what's never supposed to exist is this thing called neglect. Now, if you notice, um, the complaint was not just heard and understood, but we're getting ready to see it was, th- there was some action put to it. Now, um, I don't know how your life normally goes, but, but it's taken me a while to arrive at this understanding. But I can't fix every problem. And i would i would propose to you that every complaint that comes your way you're probably not able to resolve it especially with the person that just came to your mind right like there there are, there are people that, that they'll come with a complaint and and sometimes it's just it's outside of your control you, you listen and you care maybe you even grieve a little bit because you know that their heart is hurting or there's there, there's, theres some there's some there's some damage there but but you just realize very much upfront that there's really no way that I could go in and patch this up Sometimes what someone is really hurt over, you, you listen to what's happening and you realize, hey, I, if, if I really do what you want, it in fact would not, be, it would not be good for you. This is a season where God is allowing you to go through some things and maybe open your mind to a little broader perspective on there's other humans in the world, right? So if, if, you've, if you've realized the same thing that I have, that we can't fix everything... So I believe what really, I believe really through the truth of God's word, though, we can take this morning that um, that that anything that's perceived as neglect is something that we must pay attention to as a body of Christ. Because what were they neglected in? They were overlooked in the daily distribution. Um, they would distribute daily in this season of the church. They would distribute different things. They They would distribute distribute money they would distribute food um, there was a lot of selling of people's own possessions that were happening so that other um, people could benefit from that and, and their life could be sustained so what were what were they not getting what line um, did, did they get keep getting pushed to the back of we're not totally sure but we just know that in some way they were not receiving all that they should because remember there there are there, there's no there's no preferences to that level of people in the kingdom of God. Um, there, there's no favoritism. There's only God's favor on his children. This is, this is how they respond. The twelve summoned the whole company of the disciples and said, it would not be right for us to give up preaching the word of God to visit on tables. You might be thinking, I knew it. all." The, I mean, for, throughout history, preachers have been lazy. If I, if I can speak for all of us, um, it, it, it's it's a great danger of the job and and it's something that as a church body you should always you should never be satisfied with a lazy pastor. and if there's ever a perception of that, I would encourage you to always bring that up because that being said is very damaging not just to that individual person's testimony but to what God could be doing at the whole at the whole place at the whole people. okay This wasn't a statement of them being lazy. See, these are people that had the great benefit of walking with Jesus in ministry for about three and a half years. They watched him. They learned from him. They saw him do everything. And they realized, if you remember this from from a a few weeks ago, we talked about limitations. Limitations. And what are some of the great reasons that limitations exist in our lives? If you didn't catch that, I think it's about two weeks ago, we talked about how limitations increase our dependency on the Lord. We talked about how um, our, our, our limitations allow us to really trust in Him in, in new and undiscovered ways. These folks, as far as part of the church, I believe they, they had a pretty decent grasp on a couple things. Number one, what their limitations were. And number two, what they were called to do. And if they saw something that, that, that they could not get to that was really outside of their faithful call, they realized that faithfulness didn't mean just work longer hours, figure it out, or let neglect exist. Faithfulness meant helping others become more active and more faithful. And it's going to be reciprocated in an amazing way in just a few minutes because you're going to start to see some results of just... This, this, this ministry of service coming to place. He said, It would not be right for us to give up preaching the word of God to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, select from among you seven men of good reputation, but of, uh, full of the spirit of wisdom, and wisdom who can appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. The proposal pleased the whole company. So they chose... Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor. I'm not even going to read the rest of these, just to be frank with you. I had to print this on an ink printer this morning, and I don't now have my reading glasses, and I don't know that I can see all of these letters. Please forgive me. That's about as honest as I can say it at this moment. Probably too honest. My wife will tell me after this service. They had them stand before the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. You know, I would say this. I don't even think it's a statement just for the apostles to have made. I believe this. Um, Those deacons, as they began to serve, I believe with boldness they could have said this. We won't leave the people we're called to serve to go preach the Sunday morning message. We won't leave the people that we're called to serve to go preach greet and welcome at the temple we won't leave the people that we're called to serve to do anything because faithfulness lives here for us and we want to fulfill this I mean it's it's an incredible heart now, they they prayed over these individuals and then what we have here is a little bit of gap in time we don't know exactly how long it took to see these results But I want to read these results to you. So the word of God spread, the disciples in Jerusalem increased greatly in number, and a large group of priests became obedient to the faith. The first first outcome of the faithfulness of these people that are called was growth. Now, um, I don't believe that a church should call deacons to serve to be able to show on the other side of it that, that growth has happened. I want, to, I want to point this out to you about the growth. Did it say that, hey, because these deacons began to serve, the Hellenistic Jews began to grow as a, as a, as a microcosm in here, as, as a grouping of the church? Did it say that just those folks began to grow in number? No, it didn't. It, it didn't say that the, the Hebraic, Widows grew in number as 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 they lost their husbands. Um, that, that 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 group grew, they met more, they had a Bible study, they had stuff. It, it, it said that the disciples grew. When the church culture becomes more and more about caring for people, and that spreads out, and there's just it's it's multiplied. More people are doing things that they're called to do then that creates an environment that actually will enhance growth everywhere. I mean, you think about it. If every church that you're going to ever walk into is going to be an imperfect church, it's going to have something wrong with it. It's going to have, it's going to have holes in it where, where it's leaking a little bit because there aren't enough volunteers in this area. There's not um, someone who's attending to this. There's always going to be those things. But if the culture is... People are cared for. Okay, I, I'm, I'd say, hey, I, 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 maybe, maybe it's for me to plug part of that hole or the whole thing. But if that's the culture, if that's, if, that's the, if that's the environment, if that's the heartbeat of this church, it's the heartbeat of Christ, I want to be a part of that. The second thing that we see is that this, this opportunity, this faithfulness of these, of these few were a catalyst for the faithfulness of others. It says, and a large group of priests became obedient to the faith. Part of this grouping were the apostles who were more faithfully able to preach the word, to lead in prayer, to minister to people in the way that they could. And, and their faithfulness increased as, as, as more people came in and were really doing what they had an opportunity to do. Now, I want to leave this passage for just a few minutes, and I want us to hop over to 1 Timothy Chapter three, because they 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 have some instruction there in Acts. Um, the apostles called for some some notes on qualifications, some some things to look for in the people's lives. Later, we see someone as of Acts chapter six, who is not even um, not even gotten saved yet. We see Paul, Saul becoming Paul. Later, Paul writing to Timothy, a young pastor in Ephesus, and. In chapter 3, the first set of verses are aimed at elders of the church. And then after that, Paul, having seen churches growing all over what they knew as the world, gave Timothy some advice. He gave him some structure, some pointers on what do you look for in people that meet some of these opportunities. They, they come face to face with these opportunities and they, they seize that moment. In verse 8, it simply starts out with this word that we're talking about, this, this opportunity to serve deacons. Likewise. Now, the likewise, we need to go back to those other verses. Um, you know, it was funny. When I was, when I was growing up in church, I would go through these seasons in church where um, certain people would be called into certain service opportunities, and there would be these passages that would talk about um, really who, like who, what this person was supposed to do, who they are supposed to be. Um, it took me a while to really figure out um, all of the things that a deacon is called to, all the things that an elder is called to, a pastor is called to. It's, it's all the things that we're, in fact, all called to. Um, we're all called to live a life, holiness for the Lord. We're all called to look at our lives and see what it is he's showing us. And if it's something that would involve this word change that seems scary and sometimes intimidating, to really seek his guidance on that have a life balance with godly friends that are around us that we can talk through these things with and then begin to take steps that God's leading us towards. But it all builds to the same common aspects, characteristics of life. So deacons likewise should be worthy of respect, not hypocritical, not drinking a lot of wine, not greedy for money, holding the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience, they also must be tested first. If they prove blameless, then they can serve as deacons. If you look at these things that are listed out, worthy of respect, not hypocritical, not, not, not living a way that is in direct conflict than the message that comes across in their conversations, what they say should be done. That's a big thing, right? Like We all know what hypocritical is. And that just, that's, that's unsettling, even in small doses. And we're supposed to talk to each other about areas that seem that way because whether you're a Christian or whether you're, someone's lost, hypocritical is, is, is kind of equally as hard to deal with. If someone's lost and they hear a Christian say, hey, this is what God's word says, and then they go, mm, hang on. Like, what you just read did not match. What I just saw come out of you last Friday night or last Thursday afternoon or whatever it was, right? It's like we, we that, That's a big deal. Now before that, worthy of respect, that, that someone would live in a way that others could look at them and, and have an appreciation and have something inside of them that would say, I would, I would speak to this person about what's going on in my life because of what I've seen in their walk. Now the, one of the complicated things about church life is oftentimes we don't know someone really, really well before um, we might need to start to talk to them or, or attempt to trust them about praying over a need or those kind of things. But remember, what do we say? We're, we're journeying through building relationships. Those things will happen over time. But even on the front side, we can look for things that would that would help us lean towards that. Uh, not drinking a lot of wine. You know, remember, you know, the sin of drunkenness is not about um, just consumption of too much of a substance. Um, it's it's about being in a condition that we cannot. Um, we cannot give total control of our, of our thoughts and decisions to the Holy Spirit. Um, we're, we, we, we have lost some of the inhibitions that allow us to do that. Um, that's really what it comes down to. Um, it just happens to be certain substances put us in that situation. If it were different substances, it would still be about the same root idea of what sin is. Being a believer that gives control over to anything that's not really the Holy Spirit, not Jesus in us. Um, holding the mystery of the, the faith with a clear conscience, really growing and knowing that they're investing in that. Um, it starts in verse 11. Wives likewise should be worthy of respect, not slanderers, self-controlled, faithful in everything. Deacons are to be husbands of one wife, managing their children and their own households completely. I'm sorry, competently. For those who have served well as deacons, acquire a good standing for themselves and great boldness in the faith. That is in Christ Jesus. Um, that, that's that's the third thing I want to point to you. Um, we we looked at already um, why this this heart of service is good for the whole church. We've we've seen it has a good effect on other people that are seeking to be faithful, and finally, it has a personal effect. The two personal effects that it highlights is is that they've they've had a good reputation. That doesn't mean that 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 people all love you. It does, you don't you don't have to have everyone loving you and liking you to have a good reputation. Sometimes. Because you've had to deal with something that's difficult, and you had to address sin in someone's life, or you had to have a a hard conversation with someone, just because that's gone on, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult for them to just love on you and like you. But over time, that reputation will come out well because they'll see that in a difficult moment, you've stood by the truth of God's Word. So it's a good testimony overall, but it's also there's a boldness that comes. You know where I believe that boldness comes? I served for a period of my life as a deacon at a church, and, and that, that period of time, there were a, a certain set of things that I was able to be part of and see in other people's life, that, that lives that really gave me a boldness, not because of anything that I'd done. I just saw the real working of God in people. And when you see real movements of God, when you see that, man, Holy Spirit is moving in people's lives, he's leading them, guiding you see real transformational change, even outside of yourself. You know kind of what goes on on the inside in that struggle, but you see God working in and outside of you, that will give you an incredible, incredible boldness to just keep reaching others and keep pursuing what God leads you to do. Now, I do want to tell you this. Um, what you, you may, I don't, I don't know exactly what your church um, experience, and background is. But just to clarify a few things, um, this passage makes some gender references in here. In some English translations, in verse 11, it starts out, there. the possessive word, their wives. Um, the possessive term, there does not exist in the original language. Um, that was an addition. Some churches, through that, interpreted that, and they hold and say, okay, then we're only going to call men as deacons for that reason. Um, That's a little difficult because if we're talking about deacons as a specific office, only a deacon, then that's something we really got to search out in the Word of God because if you do look through the Word of God, especially through the New Testament, you will see references in a positive light to women that are serving in deacon roles. Now, for some churches, they... They operate and they use the word deacon. They have over time decided to use the word deacon. And, and that person may not only be serving as a deacon. That person also may be serving in really more of a role of deacon and elder. I have found over years, many times, those are the churches who often do um, have only men as deacons. When they're serving in a role of deacon and elder, because in the in in this role of elder in the Bible, there is a gender specific reference to that as a man, and and so if that is a combination role, some churches choose to do both of those as one office, and out of that, they only choose to call men. The word there doesn't exist. We see that instruction there, and we see how that instruction really begins to line up with the kind of characteristics in call. But you say, well, hang on a second. But it does. It talks about. Um, this, this marriage aspect of the husband's life. Well, I'd, I would want to encourage you really to, to think through some of what we've walked through in, in, together in Scripture. At this day and age, um, it, was, it was more common still for men to be a husband of more than one wife at one time. For a woman to be married to more than one man, I mean, I, you could have searched their culture, their society, their world over. I don't know that you ever would have found it. Um, but you would find... These men, as you, as you as you know, Paul made the call. Men basically not just be a husband and wife, but be a one woman man. They uh, men would go in and they would have um, they would have relation physical relationships with temple prostitutes, with a servant that they had in the home, and their their lifestyle. They were living out an action that was a husband and wife action. So they were basically practically looking at it as spiritually. This, you're you're acting like this is your spouse. That's how God sees that physical relationship between men and women. That, that's meant for marriage. So he talks about it that way. There's, there's a lot of different church experiences um, that we may represent. Um, but I, I just kind of bring that up just to kind of bring us all to the same table um, to really search out Scripture uh, for, for what is in there and, and, and what exists. Um, and if you ever have questions about that kind of stuff, how we look at God's Word as a church and how we interpret, please, please come talk to me. Please come talk to one of our elders. Um, in fact, if you want to talk to them, if you're really mad, actually, I'd, I'd prefer you go talk to them at first, um, and then we can have the more pleasant conversation later. Right? I'm not going to read the Scripture, but as you continue on, um, up to this point in chapter 3, Paul is writing about um, how to live as a church. And he makes a couple summary statements that really show us that how we live in our individual lives and connected to other people is is an outflow, an outpouring of our lives showing others the magnitude of the gospel, all aspects of it. It's an incredible opportunity to just be a Christian, to be Christ in front of someone else. So whether it's in the area that we serve or how we understand that our life impacts someone else, it all points back to those same things. Now, um, we as a church... Um, today, we're going to have a chance to pray over um, a few of our deacons that are going to begin serving. Uh, we're also, in a couple more months, roughly a couple more months, going to be coming back and adding to this number because of some of the needs that we've seen. And over the next couple of months, if there's are specific areas that you see in our church that you feel like um, are needful, needful of attention, I want to open the door wide open, whether you're here, whether you're watching online, to come speak to me, come speak to one of our elders about what that area is. Give us, give us the examples. Tell us what you're seeing, so we can see if we need to marry that need with someone to really be very attentive over. It. Um, at this time, what I want to do to you, what I want to do for you, is to be able to introduce to you just a few people that are going to serve in some specific ways. One of the things that we've had um, that's been in place here at this church for a number of years, when it comes to deacons, is it was it was really an office of service, an opportunity to serve. Um, but what we want to do is we really want to refine it through really being able to aim as specifically as these first deacons were towards this one area of neglect to not let it exist and be, and, and be much more almost laser-focused towards specific needs so that the scope doesn't get so big that that's overwhelming and we almost get less done. You know what that's like? So yesterday, I'm sitting at my kitchen table yesterday, and, and I had that flood moment. Everything in the world that I need to do and haven't done in life hit my brain. You know that moment where you almost have trouble breathing? And I did what every great leader does. I closed my computer, I walked outside, and I started cleaning a building because I didn't know what else to do. We don't want to have that overwhelming kind of big wide aim, okay? we do to have some specifics. So I want to introduce a few people to you. The first one um, is not able to be with us in this service. He's going to be here in our next service. Um, he is one of our existing deacons. Um, his name is Daniel Brand. Daniel is going to be um, ministering specifically in our church um, towards those that are widows, widowers, and family care that's involving those that are aging. Now, what I mean by that is this. Um, we, we want to go through, we're going to go through our congregation. We, we do want to make sure that we're aware of people that have lost spouses. Uh, The Bible gives us clear instructions, orphans and widows. Um, If we're not focusing on those folks, then we're definitely, we know that we're missing something. Um, Daniel is also someone who has gone through a season of life where he's had to really begin some some care over parents and and through a season of life when things really change um, as you may be or I may be becoming someone who is caring for someone that's the generation above me. Um, Daniel's going to be there. Um, for minister to the people that we can minister to directly But he's also going to be there as a resource for prayer and encouragement um, And help as we pull resources that we can maybe even offer you As you're looking for somewhere um, for a loved one to be and to be cared for All kinds of things like that um, but, and, I, and I know even within that some of these areas are going to sound like wow that, that, that's a lot But it's, it's way more focused than what it could be um, if we just say hey it's, it's the whole church so that's what Daniel's going to be caring for. Um, the next person that I want to introduce you to, and I'm going to have these, um, these guys, if you will, just kind of walk up. If you'll stand beside me on stage, and then you can go back off stage before we um, have a time to pray over you. Um, Brad, if you'll come up here. This is Brad Jones. Um, Brad is going to be um, serving our church specifically on this idea of next generation. And we say next generation because there's always going to be another one coming. Um, in our church, over the last several months, uh, I think we are up to about four or five babies that have been born. Um, I don't question that like they may not exist. I just don't know the exact number. Um, we have babies that are going to be coming into our church soon to be able to be held and be cared for. Um, we, we see this going from birth all the way up to graduates of high school at the, at the, at the current time. Um, Brad's going to be starting by just meeting with people, meeting with me, and looking over our ministry and finding out, number one, do we have those that could fall into a category and I'm going to use the word orphan not that they don't have parents but but are they are they a person uh, someone that is a dependent someone we could be caring for in a way that they don't have as much resourcing as they could have if our church was active um, this could be uh, just this could be needs at home needs at school needs other places he's also going to be um, starting to work and, and look at the ministries that really aim at these, um, these, these kids, these teenagers, and find out for our church, our primary responsibility is, is making disciples. Um, so as a church, how are we doing that, and what are the things that are between us and, and success in that area? Um, Brad is going to be here as an encouragement, as a prayer resource for families. If you have something that's going on, especially with, with that age bracket, prayer needs over that, um, as well as myself and our elders, Brad is going to be here and be very available um, for, for those things. Okay? Thank you, Brad. Um, Dan, if you'll come up. Um, this we don't we don't, don't if you have a sibling here. This is not a statement on siblings. Um, it, this has just been a neat connection as I've seen God really work in both of these gentlemen's lives. Um, this is Dan Jones. Um, they may they may favor a smidge, um, but what they're going to be working on is 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 actually pretty pretty separate. and and I, and, and as you have certain needs, you'll, you'll really begin to see a great separation between these guys and what God's going to do in their life um, as we all work together. Um, we have a very high percentage of our church that are in some element of um, emergency service, first responders, health care, those kind of things in our church. When I say high, I mean high, like oddly high. Um, and, and such a remarkable number that as as we look at it, you can't question that God is doing something in connection to that, okay? Now, within this demographic of people, which I've never been a part of, and I, I think it's it's taken me, I know, a little bit longer to see it than I'm sure it would have taken Dan. Dan could have just told me right away. Why didn't you tell me right away? There's certain needs when it comes to, to this great group of people, Um incredible hearts to serve, but they have some natural obstacles that keep them, one, out of just regular worship with their church family. Um, many times spouses um, are really there to care for the the what feels like the entirety of their family, sometimes on their own. Um, we've seen over time that it's, it's a little bit more challenging and difficult to get over the obstacle of really diving into community and Bible study and those kind of things because it's, well, I'm, I'm going to miss this frequency, um, right off the bat. And that's, that's, that can be a huge discouragement. I mean, think about that. I want to be a part of this, but, but I'm, I'm going to miss a third. I mean, that just takes the wind out of yourselves. Or someone feels like they may have to be um, involved in something that they don't have that kind of partnership with their spouse on. Um, we, we really want to call Dan to really minister into these families. So some of the first steps are really just making sure that we're aware of who those folks are, where they are, what the family makeup is, having contact information, and really begin to really pursue those families to find out how can we serve you, how can we be an encouragement for you at the church, what has God up to with this gathering of people, and how can we see this ministry grow and be enhanced. Um, when specific challenges exist, we want think to think really outside the box of how can we offer opportunities that may be a little bit quirky from my schedule interpretation, but will effectively minister to them. Thank you, Dan. Stephen, if you'll come up. This is Stephen Bennis. Um, Stephen is going to be serving our church as a deacon, specifically over the area of prayer, and I know prayer is going to be a wide-sweeping area for many people. Um, Many of the focuses that Stephen will be working on will not just be about general prayer, even though he is going to be meeting with me. And we're, one of the things we're going to talk a lot about is, is specific seasons of prayer. And even, um, even if there is, arises a great need for our church, our people, or someone in the church, is it a time that we really want to ask people to consider fasting over that as we all seek the Lord together to set aside some of our desires that we could meet to really know the desires of God's heart. Um, during seasons where there are folks in our church, and I want to encourage you on this, um, that are sick, that are going through surgeries, hospitalizations. Yes, through this, this is not a setting aside of ministering to people from our staff or as a pastor or for our elders, um, but but as a church family, I'm so excited to have someone that is, that is also reachable and you can connect with in a very real way when it comes to really having um, concentrated intercessory prayer over the needs that are going on in your life. Um, as part of this, um, we have some opportunities that are already out for our church family to respond um, in prayer. Um, you can always put those on cards that we have in here. You can handwrite those requests out. We have a great system online um, with, a, with a, a posted prayer list. One of the things that Stephen is going to be handling um, in the next coming months is for us to be able to get a better handle on um, not just knowing who to pray for, but I think this, this, this next step is so important, being able to share where we can the ways that God has worked. Because if really we're supposed to give God glory, then then seeing how he's answered a request is an incredible functional way that we can say, hey, God did this, let's all celebrate it. And that's going to be an opportunity that we'll have that'll be much better um, as a church than what we've been able to have um, in the past, just simply because, um, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, thank you, Stephen, thank you so much for coming up. Um, I'd like to apologize to you as a church. I've been here for about five and a half years. And I've I've tried to do some things. But I got it my own way. I don't want to say I'm sorry. when difficult seasons come up and challenges arise the church is always the church It's always full of great people and there's been a season where we should have already had more people involved in more things and I'm never going to share everything behind the scenes because that's not always the time but I do want to stand before you I'm sorry for anything that I've held up. And I want to say thank you to these guys for standing in and others that will stand in and other decisions that we'll make as a church to consider Scripture and how we can be the most faithful we can to it. Because I believe God has blessed us and we've seen a lot of growth. We've seen growth happen even rapidly. And that's great. That's exciting. But the characteristics... Of the whole church being healthy, benefits because just more people serving are faithful. I know that uh, it's all of our responsibility, but I never want to stand up here as a pastor and make it sound like you haven't done something. I'll take all the responsibility on that one. That's not looking for a compliment. That's not looking for a, hey, we appreciate how you're doing. I know that I'm going to answer. So before I ever stand before the Lord, I want to make sure that we do everything. And I can help everybody that I can. But I don't ever want to be in this church's way. of being all it can be for Jesus. Okay? Thank you. If these guys of mine are coming back up, and if you would like to bring your families with you, uh, or your spouse with you, if you'd like to, if y'all will stand um, just right up here up front. I'm going to come down here. Um, And what I would like to do at this time if I could I'd love to invite um, the elders of our church that are here if you would come up um, and also if you have been um, if you've ever been called by a church to serve as a deacon or you've ever served as an elder or you've been a pastor on staff at a church um, I'd also like to invite you to come up if you would please. Um, and I know that we've got people that have served, and not necessarily just at this church, but even as other churches. Um, I, so I, I don't want you to just, if you've ever been in that position, even if it even if it didn't go as great as you want it to, I want to invite you, please come up at this time, because you, you, you've you served in this same kind of role um, as, as others have. And even if you've been connected to that kind of person, I um, would love for you to come up and just pray around them at this time. Um, if you will, please... Uh, join me in prayer. If you're here to surround this group, if you would just kind of put your hand on one of their shoulders. Um, just step around here, if you would, um, just to kind of surround yourself with these guys. Um, thank you so much for gathering. Um, church, if you would, if you would bow your heads with me in prayer. Um, as you sit there, um, if you would please, if there's any of these areas that you either see that you connect with, um, this is the season in life you're in or you know someone that could benefit from, from a ministry like this growing, would you just kind of extend your hand out towards one of these individuals as we pray together, um, just as, as we really call them, and we um, look forward to what all the Lord is doing. God, thank you so much, Lord, for what you are doing now in this moment. Thank you, God, that what you began in, the, in, in Jesus Christ in the early church so long ago, God still stands firm today. Lord, that the wisdom of the truth of your word um, tells us that we need to call people and we need to give them responsibility. We need to set targets out there. Lord, that we can never be satisfied with with neglect in the ministry that we're a part of. That, That the kingdom of God never has a place and a home for neglect. But Lord, it does have home for people. And as people group together and as we see groups of people and and generations of people and seasons of life that people are, are walking through, God, that we can see the beauty of your church and the complexity of it. And within this sight, within this vision, Lord, we can, we can look out and we can, we can call people and we can ask them to serve and minister in a way, Lord, that we can participate with. God, so that, that growth happens, not just in number, but, Lord, deep discipleship takes place, that people walk close with the Lord, that we can be faithful in everything that we're called to do as a, as a ministry body, um, as, as a staff, as a pastor, as deacons, as elders, um, as people that teach classes. Lord, I pray that, that our commitment of heart would be, Lord, that we will not step aside from what you've gifted us in and called us to do, no matter what that is, but that we'll be so faithful in our call that, Lord, the body will be healthy. Lord, I pray for those that are sitting in our audience, Lord, if they have the gift to teach, the gift to help, the gift to serve, um, the gift to speak life into people, whatever their gift is, Lord, that that inside their soul they would see themselves as so called by you, Lord, that they would step into service and they would say, God, I, I won't step into another area, Lord, so that all of us could be faithful. God, I pray over each of these that we've talked about. Lord, I pray for Daniel as, as he begins to be more targeted into the area with a with the, with the segment of our congregation that is older and, and, and alone at times. God, we pray that you just open the doors of ministry there. And God, for those of us who, who will need resources and need prayer over people in our lives that are in this stage, God, we ask that you just connect us through prayer in this way. Lord, I, I pray for Brad. And I thank you, God, for this generation that is ever-changing and ever-aging and ever-growing, Lord, that that we will be able to raise disciples as a part of what happens here and what you do through this people, God, to to know you and to worship you. And, Lord, where there are needs, God, out of economics, Lord, we pray that we'll become aware of those so that we can supply and provide. Uh, For families that go through so much and there's so many challenges in this day and age that many of us have not known, Lord, I pray that, God, we are able to see those, know those, understand those. And, and come alongside of families as, as we see another generation raised for Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for Dan. God, thank you for bringing the people, everyone that is part of this church family. God, we thank you for each and every one of them. Thank you that we can see a group of people that care and show the heart of Christ so much in the vocation you've called them to. God, we realize that these families do so much and are so busy. But God, we realize also there's natural obstacles. Lord, we want to eliminate obstacles, lower stepovers, God, so discipleship and spiritual growth can happen. Lord, we want encouragement. We want families and marriages to be stronger than they've ever been. And we know that time apart in any relationship causes difficulty and can cause season of separation and and, and the feeling of loneliness. Lord, we do not want that to exist. We want Jesus Christ to reign in every heart. And I pray for the ministry that, that the doors open wide for connection and community as it's built and discipleship happens. Lord, I thank you for Stephen's heart for prayer and the bold prayers that he prays on a regular basis and the faithful prayers that he prays on a regular basis for everyone that's a part of this ministry. I thank you for how that's, that's blessed my own life and it's been the, life, the life-giving words that I've needed in the moments that he's contacted me as he's even driving down the highway. Lord, I pray that our church realizes the kind of prayer warriors that live and exist here and that we open our hearts and our lives and trust to share the needs and requests so that we, we pray earnestly Um, And we we go on behalf of, of others' needs, Lord, to you. Lord, help us to be a church that passionately seeks you in prayer. Lord, that we will set our desires aside to seek the desires of your heart. And God, I pray that we celebrate in this upcoming season of ministry like we never have as a church in all the ways that you work and you bless and you provide and you answer and you respond. Lord, be with us as a people. Help our hearts be humble. Help us seek you faithfully. And help us walk in the footsteps of Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. Thank you guys so much. Um, As as you're being seated, um, I know our praise team is going to be coming back up to the stage um, in just the next few moments. But we've also got some people, as our church has uh, been growing and we pray continues to grow, I've also got some folks that I'd love to take a moment to introduce to you. Um, So if you are coming this morning, um, you've sent yourself in and and you're here this morning uh, to be presented as members, if you would please um, just come on up to the front um, where i'm at just on this floor level if you don't mind just for a minute um, so we can have a word of prayer over you as our praise team closes us out um, thank you guys so much for kind of coming around um, i think we've got one more family that's going to join us in just a second um, and remember as the as the as the folks that were presented last month and and these folks as well i want to encourage you um, make sure you connect with them um, where you can we don't do lines and and kind of march everybody by that's that's kind of what I grew up doing, and, you know, it's kind of the force handshake method, I think, is what I used to call it. Um, but, but make connections with these folks that you see um, and, and just encourage them in every way you can. Um, just as a matter of introduction, um, this is Emily and Chad Ainsworth down here on the end. Um, they have not been attending our church very long, but have already um, just been a, such a blessing. Actually, it's one of the first times I think they served anything, sent me a message on our Easter egg hunt weekend coming up. And it was absolutely a lifesaver that they just jumped in and responded that way. So thank you so much. Um, This is, and please hear me on this one, this is Bobby and Bobby. Um, They do not share, um, they don't technically share a name, but lovingly they are are, uh, referred to with the same name. This is Bobby and Bobby Dunn. Um, Just an absolute blessing. Um, their new daughter-in-law actually um, just honored us this morning as she sung one of the songs. Um, they've just got such a sweet family. They've been here, been very involved in a lot of different things. Um, Bobby has brought some great—the uh, he, Bobby—he's brought some great resources into some of our men's studies, and just the generosity there is just 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 so incredible. This is Maggie Southern. Um, she actually, in just an incredible way, through meeting her husband Kevin uh, across states, across internets and webs and all that stuff. Um, as they met, um, really just in one of the most um, loving and open ways, came into a church family that um, I really believe, I, I think it's one of the best examples I've ever seen, Maggie, just how you come into a church family and go, hey, this is my people. Um, and she just really has opened her heart so well and connected with so many and been such an encouragement um, in everything she does. Um, I'm going I'm to skip you, Mike. I'm not going to forget you. I'm just going to go to the other end. Um, this is Doug and April, Cam, and Allie Patton. Um, Doug is actually a first responder, uh, and April is a teacher, so I don't know what two jobs two people could have uh, to serve the public more than that, um, but we appreciate their hearts for everything that they do, um, and and thankful so much that their kids are in our student ministry. This is Angie and Royce Barham. Um, They have been in our church um, for a while, been involved in several things, um, and Royce told me, he says, I really don't have to stand up publicly, um, but Roy... Uh, Royce is just—he um, shared his testimony. If you were back, if you were here a couple years ago when he shared, and I've heard so many times um, how that has just impacted people's lives, and how God's God's story of grace in His life um, has just been such an encouragement. Um, and and through a season of our church where we know we had kind of a and um, and an, a really a rising number of people that were that were struggling with cancer at the time, and just Royce Royce's testimony and how um, he shared that just so faithfully um, has been such an encouragement to many. Um, this is Debbie and Mike Lozano. Um, they have come from way across the country, all the way in California. Um, we have so many people that have come from so many states, you know that God is up to something because people don't find Brown Summit by accident, okay? Um, Mike is, um, is, is actually in a season, um, they both are, where it's your mom is with you at home And they have just now really kind of figuring out. Well, Mike was in a season of retirement, but but Debbie said, "I I, I don't, you you aggravate me." So she sent him back to (laughs) modify modified work. No, I was just kidding. Um, But they're but they're just they've got two older kids, um, loving on them, going to see them hopefully a lot this summer. I know they're going to be traveling some on and off this summer. Um, This fall, you'll be hearing an announcement about a group that Mike is going to be teaching um, the curriculum, the way it's set up, some aspects of it. I think are just such a great fit for our church and just really what he's been able to share with just how God's not just um, grown him, but also just what God's laid on his heart. So we're just so appreciative of all that God is doing in their lives as well. Um, can we pray over them? If you will stand up with me. Our praise team is going to close us out after this. Um, and after I pray, you all are uh, free to just return to your seats or where you're serving. I just want to say thank you so much for opening your lives. Remember, um, pray for them. Joining a church is is a commitment and is a, um, is a way of saying, um, I, I, I want to be part of your life and I want you to be part of mine. It's, an, it's a series of invitations. Um, so when you see things, when, you, when God lays them on your heart, pursue them uh, with the kind of passion that Jesus pursues us with. Okay? Let's pray. God, thank you so much, Lord, for the way you work and the way you bless. Lord, for all of these amazing people that are up here up front. Lord, we know that you're doing things. We know that Jesus is alive. Um, he's not contained in a tomb. Lord, he's, he's in heaven looking over what the spirit of Jesus is doing in us and around us. So God, you are up to so many things. Um, Lord, thank you for how incredible and how specific and intentional that you have made all of these folks that are standing up here. Um, what you've put inside of them is is going to be poured out on a church in a way that's only going to bless it. Uh, Lord, help as a church, us surround them as in, as encouragement. Help us... Love them enough to bring things to them that would, con- that would be of concern. Um, help us, God, to just be your kingdom together in the best way that you can grow us to be. Lord, activate them in a the service. Um, show them their, their place. Lord, it's, it's tough for us as a people, as humans, to just always be in our comfort zone. But, Lord, I pray that you just allow them to build community and to see needs and be part of meeting needs in a way that reminds us god we're part of this living thing called a church the people that you've lord created as our home in the name of jesus we pray amen thank you so much for being here today